to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. in heaven we are thankful and we are grateful we thank god for another privilege and opportunity you have given us to come before you to hear your word god we pray that it shall not be by the letter but we ask that as your word goes forth let it not return to your void let your word accomplish the purpose for which you send it Holy Spirit, we thank you. We are grateful for your everlasting presence in our company. We ask that you lead us and guide us through your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please. And tonight, I want to continue with the message on backsliding. Backsliding. Sharing from our prophet's book, Backsliding. That is the name of the book. Backsliding, develop your staying power. Backsliding, develop your staying power. Your staying power means the power that will keep you staying in the Christian faith, to keep you walking with God, walking with Christ. And backsliding is a real biblical concept. It's not a dance. It's not some form of dancing era or style. But uh, it's a real biblical doctrine that people do backslide in their walk with the Lord or in their faith. And we've been sharing a lot on backsliding um, since we started several weeks ago. We talked about what is backsliding. Then we talked about Bible description of backsliding. Then we talk about the principal causes of backsliding. And last week, I began sharing with you the psychology of backsliding, the psychology of backsliding. And we said that um, backsliders, or when people who are working with God, tend to now fade in their faith or they tend to faint in their faith or they tend to slow down in their walk with God. They have a certain mindset. They think in a certain way. They have a certain mentality or a certain type of attitude and it enables them or it helps them to backslide or it helps them to fall out of the faith. And these are the things that we are sharing about the things that backsliders consider or think of and what are some of these common things now you may find yourself in some of these categories do you understand and you may not be others but whatever the case may be when you are backsliding one of one or two or three of these attitudes may be your mindset directly or Mm -hmm. indirectly so we say that one backsliders, one of the attitudes is that they think that they are not alone 
They are not the only ones who are falling out of the faith, but others are backsliding too. And so it's easier for them to backslide. And then we said that backsliders will say, I have a lot of time. Christ Mm. is not really coming soon. You see? And when we think of you know, 2000, more than 2,000 years ago that Christ died for us, and we've been talking about Jesus is coming soon. Many songs are made about Christ is coming soon, and we hear it all the time. You know, in our human understanding, we think soon must be in our lifetime or in a few years' time or in a week's time and things of that nature. And so we think Christ is never coming or it's not even coming anytime soon. There probably may be another 2,000 years before Christ will come. Or whatever the case may be, we ought to be prepared because the coming of Christ, according to the scriptures, shall be like a thief. And when a thief is planning to invade you or steal from you, there is no warning. They don't pray warn you that they are coming. And you find suddenly that you are either in the grave or you are before the judgment seat of Christ. Mm. Let's see. Amen. 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 Wonderful. So today I want to continue with the psychology of backsliding and attitude, the third attitude, number three attitude of backsliders is that they are, they say that there are shortcuts to everything. Going to heaven. Okay. Backsliding. Feel that this Christian thing that we talk about is too complex. There must be some other shortcut to heaven. There must be. But you know, there are other, you know, other religions and other doctrines that tend to teach and make it look like there is some easy and shortest cut to going to heaven that doing certain things can get you to heaven you understand so the world we live in today is under the delusion that there are shortcuts to everything everything ought to be some shortcut and even as we advance more and more and further and further in this technological world that we live in it seems that we discover easier and easier ways and more and more shortcuts to almost everything, you see. Almost everything. There are now shortcuts. You know, you can sit in your, in your bed or in your sofa and just clap your hand and lights can go off. Easy. Yeah. You don't have to get up to do anything, you know. And so there are shortcuts. You know, we have instant coffee, instant tea, you know. I mean, no. Indomie. there's so many ways that we do things today. And so as we live in this world, we tend to get used to this kind of lifestyle. But, you know, right from cooking to traveling, you know, you know, people can buy a package of something and just open in a bowl and add water and cover it and give themselves some few minutes. Ready to go. It's ready, and it looks like the person is a great cook. You know, so there's shortcut to being a great cook. You know, but uh, there are certain things in life that are 
you can find shortcuts to. You know, so I saw a new thing that they have bought that you can put a whole chicken in it and then cover it. And then you go to the bathroom and you come back and it's ready, delicious. And accelerated uh, turkey. You know, <laughs> Espress. But there are certain life situations that we cannot have shortcuts to. There are certain things that we can never ever find shortcuts to, you know. And for certain life situations, if you you don't go through the proper route and you go through some shortcuts, you will soon discover that you have to reroute again and come back to the same original route that has been destined to mankind to go through again. You know, for instance, if you take marriage, for instance. You know, no marriage gets to be a successful and a prosperous marriage without certain preparation. You know, today, for instance, when you are doing marital counseling, you know, the, the candidates or the couple feel it's too long, too long for counseling. And they want a quick way to counseling so they can get married quicker, you know. One session. Sometimes, you know, someone will meet someone and within three weeks, they feel they are ready to get married. And yeah, Pastor, let's go. have a chemistry that is so viable and strong and it's, it's ready for marriage. You understand? <laughs> but there is no shortcut to these vital human institutions. For instance, you know, Today, you'll find all kinds of shortcuts to earning a degree. You know, the yeah. quick online courses that you can take and earn a degree. You know, I mean, someone was telling me one of um, the nurses I work with is going for a nurse practitioner school. And she says uh, they do clinical rotations online. And I said, okay. what? So join me, some of the things they do online, you know, like some, I mean, you are really watching and being some in form of interaction online, you know, doing all kinds of examinations online, right. you know, without touching a real human being, you know. And I say, you know, so how confident are you going to feel, you know, after you have earned this degree that now you are touching not a video that you can afford to make a mistake and you rewind and look at it again and do it again, but a real life that when you make a mistake, the life is there no more. You will see. Mm. And, you know, all kinds of things. But you realize that when you go through such a process, you find yourself struggling even in the profession because you didn't go through the right route. You will see. Not the saturated medical school. Three years. All kinds of, there you go. Accelerated medical school where you finish in three years and you have your medical degree and you are ready to practice. You know, and of course, when you go to see a doctor like that, he or she will not tell you that I went through an accelerated medical school. You know. <laughs> True. It's for only accelerated people. So LGBTQ. <laughs> um, it's a real problem. You know, there are shortcuts to weight loss, for instance. You know, you do all you can, and then you go and say, okay, cut a part of my stomach and throw it out, 
and then uh, I will lose weight that way. You know, call it gastric yes. bypass. That the food that I eat will bypass some of my stomach. So that <laughs> cool. And, <laughs> you know, but you realize that you can lose weight this way, but it will not really help you. Yeah. You understand? You cannot bypass certain steps. You know, there's no, there's no such thing as a special pill that will make you lose weight. You, that you can keep on for a long time and be healthy. So you can bypass proper diet and exercise. You can bypass. And they are not easy steps. Do you realize that? Yes. You you have a proper way of cooking. They are not easy steps. You know, you have to go to the (laughs) store to buy, you know, this fast thing that you have bought. You don't even know what the ingredients are, but it comes out to be nice and tasty. But the proper way of doing things, they are difficult steps. Mm. Now, today's Christian is also with a mentality of a shortcut to heaven. You see, Mercy. And many Christians today don't want to go through the proper steps of seeing the kingdom of God or walking with mm. But Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. The Bible says, Matthew 16 and verse 24, it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man, say any man, any man, any man, any man, man. he says, If any man will come after me, that means if anyone will say, I will become a Christian, you understand? Coming after Christ means you have now chosen the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Master, as your Savior. He says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see? Mm-hmm. So if you are a follower of Christ, the Bible says, any man, anyone, no exception, man and woman, young and old, no matter who you are, the Bible says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Hallelujah. Amen. No one, no one, say no one. No one. No one. Man means no one is exception. No, right? no one is exempted from this. He says, no, is any man. That means no one can enter into heaven, can enter into the kingdom of God, by bypassing their own cross. Mm. You understand? You cannot enter the kingdom of God by bypassing your own cross. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There is no shortcut. There is no way other than taking up your own cross. Amen. 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 You see, Jesus is the one that is saying, if any man, if any man will come after me, then let him deny himself and take up his cross. So there is no other way. There is no bypass to overcome or exempt the cross or remove the cross from your path in your walk with God. A big price has been paid for your salvation by Christ Jesus laying down his own life for you. And there is 
a taking up of your own cross that you have to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Up of your own cross as part of your salvation and walking with Christ, you also have to take up your own cross. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. There is no bypass of this. There is no sweet and easy path to following Christ, except that you have to take your own cross. Mm. Hallelujah. You also Amen. have to take your own cross and follow him. There is no other means. There is no easy oh. means. There is no easy path to your salvation. To your salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. So you must take up your cross. Say amen. Amen. You must take up your cross. And the cross is a symbol of losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. You know, we can't deny this. We cannot deny it as much as it may not sound pleasant to you. There is no denying of sure. taking up your own cross, losing, suffering, sacrificing, and dying. Hallelujah. Amen. Following Jesus, following Christ, requires you to deny yourself. It requires Amen. you to deny yourself. You cannot maintain all the well, worldly pleasures. You cannot keep up with all the worldly pleasures and continue to walk with Christ. It's impossible. It is impossible. And this is the main reason. Are you listening? This is the main reason why people are not able to continue to walk with Christ. This is the main reason. This is the main reason also why many people don't want to give their lives to Christ. Because they feel their worldly pleasures will be taken away from them. I'm telling you. But people will not say that. People will not say there is no heaven, there is no this, because they are not able, they cannot afford to give up their worldly pleasures. Hallelujah. Every Christian is required, including you, and myself, every Christian is required to deny himself or to deny herself in order to follow Christ. Amen. 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 So following Christ involves waking up early in the morning to pray. Amen. It's not easy and may not be pleasant, but following Christ involves rising up early in the morning to pray. Following Christ involves, you may feel sleepy, but you have to pray. You have to stand up and pray. Following Christ is not, you can still take your pleasure of lying in bed and sleeping or trying to pray and fall asleep. Are you understanding what I'm saying with you? Yes, sir. It involves making the effort that I will rise up. I'm sleepy, but I will rise up. And I will stand and pray. We take, you know, all these things that I'm sharing with you, they are scriptural. They are in the Bible. And you cannot throw the Bible aside and have Christianity. True. True. There's no excuse. Jesus did not make excuse and was not happy that people went to prayer meeting and they fell asleep. He wasn't happy. At all. He was surprised. He said, what? Could you not stay up one hour to pray? 
And he's in shock that you say you are a Christian and you can't take up your cross mm. to pray. And that we want to continue with our comfort and our pleasures and still be Christians. It's impossible. Following it's Christ impossible. daily quiet time. That you, read, you do your daily quiet time. Every day. Hallelujah. That you will have time to spend in the presence of the Lord. To hear your message. Amen. Amen. Following Christ involves reading your Bible on a regular basis. Every day. To read the word of God. To feed your soul. To fill your spirit with the word of God. You know, you are saying, well, today we should fast. So my spirit is fasting. <laughs> the food to my spirit, then my spirit does a lot of fasting. Your spirit has fasted enough. Hallelujah. Feed the spirit. Because when you fast, you start fasting. The flesh. You are teaching. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? Following yes, yes. God, working with Christ involves attending church services. Amen. Involves attending church services. Following Christ or working with Christ involves fasting and praying. It's part of it. Beloved, and you realize that all of these things will take you away from some worldly pleasure. True. Fasting is not a pleasurable thing, is it? Ah, no. Not at all. Very happy that <laughs> we don't fast. <laughs> fasting schedule. So just get prepared. Okay. Yes. So be prepared. We are going to fast and pray. Amen. Amen. Are looking at me. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So working with Christ involves witnessing. Amen. Involves witnessing. As much as you may not feel comfortable talking to people, you are called to be a witness. You are Amen. called to be a witness. You see, the world does not care about these things. All these things that I'm sharing with you, the world does not care about them. But these are Christian duties and expectations. And we are expected to meet them. We cannot escape them. Hallelujah. We cannot escape them. And they are all scriptural. They are all, we can give you verses on each one of these things that I'm mentioning. We will not just have time to read all of them. Hallelujah. They are not man-made instructions or some religious man-made religious requirements okay these are christian doctrines and we are expected to follow them and we cannot have a shortcut we cannot escape them we cannot bypass them he says if any man will come after me let him deny himself and let that person take up his own cross or her own cross there's no bypass of the cross to heaven Hallelujah. Oh, There's no other route by which we can enter the kingdom of God, but also to take up our own cross, deny ourselves, and experience our own suffering. Hallelujah. Say amen. 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 Say amen. 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 The fourth attitude of many backsliders, the fourth attitude is that God loves me too much. To punish me. Okay. Backsliders Ooh. say, God loves me too much to punish me. Yes. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. You see, backsliders join the world. You know, they join the world and make the assumption that God loves me too much to destroy me. Mm, true. I talk about heaven and hell with people. They say, if God is that good, why would he send anyone to hell? Have you heard that before? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, and many Christians also have joined this saying that God is too good to send people to hell. God is too good to destroy us. Like the way you are describing it, the way you are talking about hell, is not associated with God. Hmm. And they quote John 3.16 ah. to support it and say, for God so loved the world. God so ah. loved the world. How can he do that? <laughs> he so loved the world and he gave his only begotten son. Why would he destroy us? I am the apple of his eyes. Do you understand what I'm saying with you? And we feel like, you know, perhaps, you know, God will not do this. Perhaps hell is not even like this. Mm. Beloved, God's nature is like the two sides of a coin. Okay? There are two Mm. sides to God's nature. There is one side of God's nature that shows his great love, that shows his great grace, There is that side of God's nature that shows his great mercy Mm. and everlasting forgiveness that he renews every day. There is that side of God. But then there is also the other side of God Mm. that deals with judgment Mm. and deals with justice. You know that God has a court <laughs> judgment seat. What is the need for a judgment seat? Why do we need a judgment seat? To judge what? If God is so good that there's no punishment and there is no reward for sin, why is there a judgment seat of Christ? Hmm. Somebody hmm. understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. There is a side of God where there is fairness, there is justice. There is equity and there's jurisprudence. There is that side of God that deals with man also and that we ought to embrace as well and ought to be aware of. Hallelujah. Many backsliders tend to focus only on the merciful side of God and look to the merciful side of God and pretend as if the other side of God does not exist at all. Because then you'll be afraid. Hmm. Here we talk about a lady who was having an affair with her best friend's husband. Go there. Go there. Of such a story before. If you have not, this is a new one. Well, but there was a lady who was having an affair with her best friend's husband. Okay. And it's going on for a while. And uh, I believe, you know, sometimes they will talk about the husband, you know, and this is her best friend. So she may probably talk about some secret things in her marriage to her best friend. Talk about some of the things that the husband does and does not do and this and that. You know, they used to talk 
a lot on the phone mm. because they were best friends. So they would talk a lot, a lot on the phone, talk about everything. And then whenever she is done talking on the phone with her friend and she hangs up, she sighs and, oh God, please forgive me for what I'm doing. You know, every time she talks about, she talks with her boy, her girlfriend, I mean her best friend, with whom, with whose husband she sleeps with, she feels, feels, oh God, please forgive me. (laughs) After she hangs up the phone, you see, I mean, it's like no fear of God. Hmm. No fear of God. And after she has said this, the next morning, she's meeting the man. The baby will say, this thing we are doing, we have to be careful. Oh, it's not good. Or maybe she will finish and say, oh, God, please forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Lord, forgive me, forgive me. It's a brother, brother. Christians look only at the merciful side of God. True, true, true. The the judgment side, the justice Mm. side of God. And we don't even Mm. think of it. That's true. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? We don't even think of this God as having a judgment side. We don't think of this God as having a justice side. But we see God in the face of mercy and grace and forgiveness, and we continue on. And it makes makes it easy for many Christians to backslide. There was another lady also who has slept with several (laughs) husbands. She has slept with several husbands, and she, when she was younger, and she made a confession, she made a confession, you know, when she herself was a grown woman, and she was going through difficulty in marriage. You know, she had gone through three marriages. And she made a confession that she thinks is because of all the things that she did as a young person. You know, because she used to feel, I mean, proud and she used to boast that, you know, she if you fool around, she can take your husband. She finds a wife who is like proud, you know, you're sitting in your husband's front car seat, um, front seat, and you know, looking like the wifey, and you know, you like you are in charge, and you know, you're doing things like a wife, and she sees you. He says, You I, I can take this man from you. That was her attitude. You know, I can yeah, yeah, yeah. Really this man down. You and your husband on Zoom. <laughs> doing okay and then when she was grown and she was married she could not keep a husband she could not keep a husband and then she has a daughter who is grown beautiful and she's looking for a nice christian faithful husband for her daughter do you see and such is the world we live in we think that God is, God is merciful. And so we don't think of his judgment. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6. God will discipline the ones that he loves. He says, for whom the Lord loveth, 
he chastened and scorched every son whom he received. If God takes you as someone that he loves, he will chasten you. God has a side of discipline. God has a side of and punishing. Hallelujah. Amen. We ought to be aware of. There is not just that sweet side of God alone. Hallelujah. Amen. Have the attitude that God is not that wicked to punish me or to destroy me in hell or to make me suffer eternity. You know, many people don't think that God can do that. That how can God look at man and put us in hell that we suffer for so long forever? You see, even you, 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 you are perceiving that. How is that possible? But the Bible talks about eternal damnation. Eternal damnation. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, sir. There is that side of God. There is that side of God that we must be aware of. There is that side of God, the side of judgment, the side of justice. There is a place of God where there is a court, where there is a judgment that everyone shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone. And to come before judgment is to find good and wrong. That is when you come before a judge. Mm. To judge that what you did was wrong and you deserve a punishment. Hallelujah. Amen. Loss. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. And verse 26. If you have the New Living Translation, please. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. It says, are you reading with me? This is the Bible. I'm reading this from the Bible. It says, dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning, after we have received knowledge of the truth. Are you listening? Yes, yes If we deliberately continue sinning. Do you remember the story I was telling you about that young lady? Yes. After we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Beloved, I think this is deep. I think this is really deep. You know, I mean, this scripture had not stood up to me like as I've done. I think this is deep. It says, if we deliberately, I mean, have we deliberately continue in certain sin after we have received knowledge of the truth about that sin? True, yes. The Bible says, if we, con- if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. In the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that Christ made, if we deliberately Knowing the truth, continue in this sin. There is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Mm. 
I think that's scary. Very. I think that is really scary. Or you don't understand the word of God this evening? We do. Have you read this scripture before? Yes. I want you to just ponder over this scripture for just a moment. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Not the other sins that you have not received knowledge of the truth about, but the sins that you have received knowledge of the truth. Because the Bible says, for our ignorance, God winks. Mm. But when we have received knowledge of the truth, of a particular sin, and we deliberately, that means you can accidentally continue in the sin, unknowingly. But if you deliberately continue in that sin, mm. after receiving this knowledge, then there is no sacrifice that will cover these sins. Mm. If I understand the scripture the way it is written, I feel it's very it's very serious. The next verse. It says, there is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Mm. You, do you understand? Yes. Okay, it says, dear friends, if we deliberately continuing, continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only, this is what is now available to you. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. You know God's enemies? God's enemies are Satan and his cohorts. And there is a raging fire that has been prepared for them. And if you deliberately continue in a sin that you have received truth about, there is no longer any sacrifice that can cover the sin. But what you can expect is the terrible expectation of God's judgment. And that raging fire mm. for hell that will consume his enemies. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 28. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Without mercy. You see, we don't know the other side of God. You see, God has mercy. But when it comes to this, it says without the mercy. It's like the coin flips. And the grace and the merciful side and the forgiving side is not being seen. It says for anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Hmm. now how much more 
if we shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ, not the testimony of two or three men witnesses, demon witnesses, but the judgment seat of Christ, and you are found guilty. There is no more. Beloved, do we believe these things? Yes, we do. Then perhaps it should humble us and it should change our attitude. Verse 29. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. You see, this is what we do to our salvation when we backslide. And the Bible says, when we have received Christ, when you have become born again Christian and you backslide, it says, how much more worse will be the punishment for those who have trampled on the Son of God? That means trampled on the sacrifice that Christ made for us and have treated the blood of the covenant, the blood that Christ shed on Calvary. Beloved, it was precious blood. It was dear to God that when we have received him and we treat it as nothing, we trample on the Son of God and treat the blood of the covenant, which made us holy as if it were a common and unholy and we have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. When we have asked for forgiveness and we have sought the Spirit to make intercession for us and we have prayed and God has forgiven us and the Spirit stood and made intercession for us. And we say, we know not how to pray, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us. God, forgive us of our sins. We come before you at the merciful seat. And you say, let us come and reason together. Though my sins be as red as crimson, Lord. Though they be as scarlet. And they are wiped away. And then you go back and do the same thing. Or you backslide as if you never even ask for forgiveness. You treat the blood of God with contempt. And you treat the blood of God with insult, mm. which made you holy. And you were treated as a holy person that Christ came to dwell in you. You became a temple to the Holy Spirit. You became a temple to Christ. And when you are involved in certain sins and you are backsliding and you are doing certain things, you make it common and unholy and insulting and disdain to the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. And verse 30, it says, For we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. Wow. This is God. Hmm. And he says, don't forget that he is this person you are dealing with. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Beloved, these are messages that are not preached in churches. Christians don't like to hear such messages. Very hard message. You are confronted with your own attitude and your own behavior. Mm. None of us like that. As we are all sitting here, we know ourselves. We know our sins. We know how we are falling short. And we know our unrighteousness. He says, this is the same God. The one that we plead mercy on one side. He says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. And verse 31, he says, it is a terrible thing. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a terrible thing. Mm. Beloved, people take God for granted. Very scary. People take God for granted and you, you, you share the love of God with them and then you talk about hell and they say, how can God put people into hell? The Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you listening to me? Powerful message. Our life are you here or you've gone home? We are here. We're still here. Wow. We ain't going nowhere. Let's examine our lives. Let's examine ourselves. Let us look into our own lives. Many people hide under all kinds of beliefs and religion and they think that they can get to heaven. Mm. Mm. There is no other way. There is no other way by which we can be saved. There is no other way. You must go through the cross. And you have to take up your own cross. Hallelujah. Amen. Judgment side of God. Amen. Amen. The last attitude, number five. Thank you for preaching the truth. Number five. Many Christians say, or many backsliders say, I have more time. I'm not going to die soon. Forgive. I have more time. I'm not going to die soon. <clears throat> it's a psych- psychology. <laughs> Oftentimes, you have shared or you have witnessed to someone before and they think they have time. Oh, yes. Not today. You know, yeah. oftentimes, we have preached and people have understood it. And I've received the truth. And we have invited. And they say, if you want to give your life to Christ. And you know that you are not born again. You know that Christ is not in you. And you know that if you were to die today. You are not even sure of where you're going. And then you, you say in your heart. Perhaps next time. Not today. And this is the attitude. I have more time. I'm not going to die soon. You see, young people don't think about death. Young people oh. <laughs> at all. I mean, sometimes if you see young people, even the way they drive, 
They don't think about death. No. They don't even think that they can actually get into accident and die. Mm. Sometimes young people even think that if they get into accident, they cannot die. <laughs> but I have seen many young people die. I've seen many young people die. I've seen them any age, from any age. I've seen young people who come and die. And also when people are healthy, they don't think about death. At all. When people have not received some serial diagnosis, they don't think about death. Truth. But I have also seen many otherwise healthy people who die. I've seen many healthy people who die. These days, as I have aged, you know, when I see any person who is younger than me that dies or that is seriously sick and can die, I get frightened. You know, and it makes me thank God that I have lived even to see this age. Mm. You know, and I see many such people. So it brings out many thanksgiving to God that year by year as we live, it is just a grace of God. Amen. I'm telling you. True. Because when someone is described as just about your age, you know, a college graduate working in this place, was just going to work and said, ah, my chest, you know, and that's it. That person comes and that person is pronounced dead. It makes you afraid. And then when you talk to the family and say he had no medical problem, he saw his doctor on a regular basis, he always goes to the gym, he eats the right type of food, he does this, he does that, it makes you really frightened. Jesus told of a story about a rich man in Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. Luke chapter 12 and verse 16. Luke 12 and verse 16. He says, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, so I want you to think about yourself as we are reading the story. Okay, let's start so that you can put yourself there right now. Can you read the King James Version? This, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Do you see? So that means your job is bringing forth a lot. You are happy with your paycheck. Mm. You understand? Yeah. I mean, at this point, you have no complaints about the amount of money you are making. True. He says, The ground right. of a certain rich man. Now, he was a rich man. He was described as rich. Perhaps you have some bank account. You, are, you have saved. You understand? And you are still earning. So this is the kind of person. The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Next verse. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Mm. I want you to think, put a pause on that. Mm. 
Is that you? That after you have paid your rent, you have paid your car insurance, you have filled your gas, you have paid your telephone bill, you've done your grocery, you've paid your utility bills, and you have done all of these, you still have some money. And you say, what shall I do with this? I will put it in my savings account. Don't you do that. See, it's not what we do. After we have taken care of all our responsibilities, don't we put some money away in the bank account? Yes, that's what they do. He says, and he took within himself. Now, if you don't do this, means you are also not wise, really. That <laughs> after you have taken care of all your things, what is left, you, you can't say that I have to spend them now because you think of saving. So he says he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my bands and feel greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Now, when you were having your savings account where it was required 250 minimum to maintain the account, there were no benefits. The bank called you and they said, now you have 10,000. You have 15,000. You have 50,000. And then you said, then change my account and give me the one with the premier savings account where I can make more money. Money CD. And earn greater interest. Hmm. And you say, what shall I do with this? I'll put in a CD. I'll put in some investment. Hmm. You are looking at me. Am I the only one that does this? <laughs> at all. The bank has never called you to upgrade your account to a certain level before. Uh, Don't tell me that. Only black coffee. <laughs> savings account is all they're still keeping, then you have to call them. <laughs> they go to Cancun. 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 <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see? When we read the scriptures, we don't apply it to ourselves. And that is what I'm helping us to do. Mm. That we yeah. apply the scriptures to ourselves. Because yeah, we see it ourselves and we say, there is this rich man that Jesus was talking about. But Jesus was telling us parables that we can relate with. He says, I will pull down my band and build greater. That means I will pull down this 250 minimum requirement for savings with 0.002% interest. interest. And then get the greater CD account or money market account or some type of investment. Yeah. And there I will bestow all my goods. There I'll bestow all my fruits and my goods in this account. Transfer them all into this account so I can make some interest. And I will say to my soul, now, when I retire, I'll be okay. Am I helping somebody? Yeah. Help me. This is what the rich man said. And I will say to my soul, So, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Look, I hear this on the job all the time. Okay. <laughs> that, oh, I think my retirement account is good. It's, I mean, I think I'm set. I think I'll, I'll, I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've set, I've, I've set things properly. I think 
It says, I will say to my soul, so thou hast much growth laid up for many years in retirement. Take thine ease. That is, you can go on retirement and eat and drink and be merry. That is retirement. Beloved, I'm teaching you that this was what Jesus was telling us. Here he's talking about retirement. Mm. When you have laid enough for your retirement benefits. Mm. I have much goods laid up for many years. How many more years are you going to live? After your retirement, you are thinking you are going to live for a few more years. You know, 20. I know you are all going to cross 80. 70 with ease. Amen. Amen. Yes. So he says, take thine ease. And isn't that what retirement people do? Oh, yes. They travel, they take thine ease, they go to the beach, they and be merry because they have laid much goose laid up for them. So so the next verse, verse 20. But this is what God said. You see, when we are not considering God, God is also saying something about what we are saying. God is saying something about our retirement plans, mm. our investments, our mm. career building, how we are mm. planning for the future. God is saying how we are planning for our children's future, how we are planning for our health insurance in the future when we are retired. He says, but God said unto them, thou fool, this night, this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. From whose shall those things be which thou provided? These things make me very patient and humble. And look to God every day. Thou fool. Now the next verse. I want you to read it very carefully. Let us all read it together. One, two, three, go. So is he that laid up treasure for himself, for himself too. Rich toward God. And is not rich toward God. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That means, so is everyone, everyone, Mm. a fool in the sight of God. That is why he says, so is he. He put the two together, the last two scriptures together. Sometimes when we read the scriptures, we, we, we we don't apply it properly to ourselves. But God said unto him, God said to this rich man whose behavior was the way, that is why God said this. Is thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he. So is he. So is that person also as a fool. Yeah. layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God because you also, thy soul can be required of thee very night mm, let's see and whose soul whose who, who shall those goods that you have provided be 
But when we are busy, too busy, and what we are doing is so valuable to us that we are not rich towards God, that means we don't care about God, that we, we, our time is too rich for God. Our strength is too rich for God that we don't have time for this. Mm. The Bible says, so are you also a fool that says, I'm too busy. I'm laying up this and it's not rich towards God. You are not rich toward God. That means you don't have wealth in the kingdom. You have not built any crowns in the heaven. Mm. You don't care about God. Mm. So is he. So is anyone, everyone who thinks like this and everyone whose behavior is like this is a fool in the sight of God. I am not insulting you. I'm sorry. Not Don't at all. No. say that I'm, I mean, you come to church and the pastor was insulting you. I'm, I'm, please. We are, we are picture, let us read it. You see, most backsliders, most, most backsliders, are you listening to me? Yes, most people who are backsliding, they have jobs. True. Yeah, most people who are backsliding, they have enough to eat. Mm. Most backsliders, they have secured savings. Exactly. They have some money in their savings account. Mm. Most backsliders, they are healthy. And they don't think about God. We don't think about that. Beloved, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. There is no guarantee. No one is guaranteed tomorrow, no matter how healthy you are. Very true. Let me tell you. Someone came to the hospital. A very healthy person. Young person. And, you know, I mean, sometimes I don't know how to tell these stories without... um, you know, but I think it's, I mean, these are all common things that have happened to me. This person is very healthy, no medical problem. And he says he's losing weight and he cannot explain why. He just came to check. And when they check, he has HIV AIDS. Said, no way, test again. He said, test again. And he has, I mean, our post. Another person, another person, younger than me, he came to the hospital and he's complaining of abdominal pain, blood clots, blood clots, small blood clots has entered into the intestine, the blood vessel that supplies the intestine. And it has blocked that blood vessel that supplies blood to the intestine. Do you know what are intestine? Come to this place. (laughs) You don't know what it is? Intestine. Okay. They are bowels. Intestine. (laughs) Mini, mini. It has blocked the blood supply to the intestine. When you eat, the food goes through your 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 esophagus, which is the pipe here, into your stomach, 
and then it goes down to your duodenum, which is the intestine, the small intestine, and then it starts going down to the ileum, which is all part of the intestines where food is absorbed, and then it goes to your colon, where it is dumped food that has finished absorption and is waiting to be excreted or to come out as feces. And that's where water and everything is just absorbed from. And then you defecate. That is why when you feel like defecating and you don't go, all the water gets absorbed from the, 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 the residue that is sitting there. And then when you go, you are struggling. <laughs> so whenever you feel like going, you have to go, especially as you are aging. Otherwise, you develop diverticular. You understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes, right. So this person, that intestine, the blood supply to it has been blocked. The blood vessel has blocked it. I mean, the clot has blocked the blood supply. And all the, he's just, he's just came, he says, I'm, I'm having abdominal pain, that's all. I'm having abdominal, and it's not going, it's getting a little worse. When you touch him, he's in pain. And then they check his numbers and they realize there are certain numbers very high and it shows that you're probably having a serious abdominal problem. Then they rush him to the operating room. All of the intestines, they are dead. Small blood clot. Small blood clot, you can't even see. They just block the blood vessel that supplies the intestine and branches. And it has... All the intestines, they are dead. So they took them all out. You cannot live. You can't live with that. You can't eat. If you eat food, you can't absorb it. So you are going to die. You have some few months to live. They can put you on intravenous nutrition. You can't travel. You can't fly. You can't go anywhere. You need to stay here and get intravenous nutrition all the, uh, the few months that you are left with all the complications that can come with it. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Otherwise healthy yesterday. Mm. And that when I see these things, it just humbles me. It just makes me want to serve God more. Okay. Beloved, we don't have tomorrow. We don't even have tonight. True. We have the next day. You don't know when you will meet your maker. And the Bible says in Amos 4 verse 12, it says, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet thy God. Because I will do this to thee. Prepare. Every day, prepare to meet thy God. Amen. Amen. I just want to read one scripture and then we can close. Can I read one more scripture? Yes. yes. Are you tired? At all not. Message. Okay, let's read one more scripture and then we can close. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. Just a short scripture and then we can close. NIV. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. God is merciful. Samuel, God is merciful. When you go and you come back, God has been merciful to you. Audrey, God is merciful. God is really merciful. 
First Corinthians 6 and verse 9 says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do you not know that the wicked or the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders. Keep going. Nor thieves. Mm. Nor the greedy. Drunkards. Drunkards. Mm. Nor slanderers. Mm. Nor swindlers. Mm. Will inherit the kingdom of God. All these people. All these people. Beloved, if you find yourself in any of these categories, you are backslidden. You are not going to heaven. You will not get... Look, don't be deceived. You can be in any religion and they will preach to you or you can be in any church and they will tell you this is what you have to do, this is what you do and then you, when you die, you go to heaven. There is no other way except through Christ. And when these sins are found in you, mm. when these sins are found in you, it doesn't matter what you do. True. It says, do you not know that all these sinners with all these involvement that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God do not be deceived that means we are deceived that when you are sexually immoral or you are an idolater or you are an adulteress we don't have time to go through this one by one to explain because I can explain them one by one and you see how many of them you, you fall into mm or male prostitutes, or homosexual offenders. What other sins? Drunkards. Drunkards. Of homosexual offenders. Thieves. Thieves. (laughs) Mercy, Lord. I think there are a lot of thieves on this (laughs) video right now. A lot of thieves. (laughs) And drunkards. <laughs> Christian drunkards. Let me tell you, it, it's not something that is benign. Okay? This is what the Bible is saying. Slanderous. Swindless. Mm. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then verse 11, he says, and that is what some of you were. Mm. You were washed. Mm. You were sanctified. You were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Beloved, you make it to heaven. You will not backslide. Amen. Amen. The Lord will deliver you. Amen. Amen. Be merciful to you. Amen. Day by day, as you seek his face, you'll find Amen. God help us all. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen. The Lord be merciful to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. Father, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for causing us to face the reality of our Christianity. Our work with you. We thank you. Oh, merciful God. We are grateful that you are so grateful to us. You are so gracious. Amen. We give you glory. We give you honor in Jesus' name. 
Now, with all eyes closed and every head bow, you are here tonight. You are not born again. You are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I realize I've fallen short of the glory and the kingdom of God. But tonight, I want to welcome Jesus into my life. If I die today, if I die tonight, if I die tomorrow, whenever I die, I want to go to heaven. I want to be with Jesus. I want to be in the kingdom of God. I understand that there is only one way to the kingdom of the Father. If you are listening to me and the Lord has touched your heart and you want to give your life to Christ, you are saying, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I want to pray with you. So if that is you, I want you to say this prayer with me. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And you will be born again. The Lord Jesus will come into your life and he will use you. Say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I have sinned. I have sinned. And I'm not worthy of your kingdom. And I'm not worthy of your kingdom. I come before you. I come before you. With a heart of repentance. With a heart of repentance. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Take control of my life. Take control of my life. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my master. Be my savior. Be my savior. I receive you as my personal savior. I receive you as my personal savior. I want to walk with you the rest of my life. I want to walk with you for the rest of my life. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me tonight. For saving me tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sing, Sean. My God and King, to you alone I see. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful For message. Come and worship with us on the Zoom I platform see. with ID number 823-299-84436. Every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Standard Time. God richly bless you.